Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Aero Drager, with another episode of Walk of Shame with Aero Drager. And this week's guest is going to be Leslie Fox. She's one of the... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just getting, I'm getting over a cold because I just took my flu shot. But she's one of the comics that helped me out when I first started, like almost a year ago. So we're going to interview her for a little bit. Uh, but, but right now we're going to talk a little bit about my updates. So updates... It was my birthday last Saturday. I am now officially 28 years old, and I feel old as shit about that. Another thing that's kind of another thing that you guys probably want to know, and that's probably kind of cool, is I got my orders for Hawaii. So I'm leaving. I'm gonna be in Hawaii December 10th. So I'm gonna be taking leave. If you guys don't know what leave is, leave is the army version of taking paid vacation so i'll be taking leave around this november 13th so i'll be taking it and then after that i'm going to be taking i'll be in north carolina and south carolina for about a week but yeah as of right now that's all i really have right now um we're gonna keep going again this episode I'm not going to do any of the sponsorship stuff just because the thing is that should already be automatically on this segment. It should be automatic. If not, I will add it on. But yeah, so today's guest is, this podcast guest is Leslie Fox. Um, I really don't got much to say because the thing is we're going to be going, we're going to get over it through the, <clears throat> we're going to have it through the actual interview and stuff and yeah. You guys have a good episode hey what's up it's your boy eric drager with another episode well why do i keep doing that every time i enter anyways so what i was getting at is i'm at the coffee exchange and i did i forgot that they played music so that way there's no legal things i do not own the rights to the music that's playing and yeah we're about to do our interview Hey, what's up? It's another episode of Walk of Shame with Eric Drager. And today we have a special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? What up, what up? It's Leslie. Leslie Fox, how are we? Alright. So a little bit a little bit about her. She was one of the first comics that I met when I first started in what, April? Or May? One March. One of those two yeah. months. Between that 90-day period. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see. But yeah, so I'm gonna have her introduce herself. So first of all, where are you from? Are you from Colorado or? Yes, I am. I'm from Denver. Denver? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, my but I grew up in Castle Rock. Okay. Um, so yes, the bougie part of town, if oh. you will. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So being from Colorado, because again, I'm not from Colorado, and some of the people I've already talked to aren't from here. What's <laughs> di what's different from being from here, because you lived in, you live are you, are you do you live here your whole life or pretty much, pretty yeah. much? okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah um like we I lived in uh, Montana for like two years okay and I lived in Cheyenne Wyoming for like okay. less than a year so but I've been here for most of my life all right you know so mm -hmm. what was your experience living in those two those other places hmm? if you if I, if you know what I'm trying to ask? Like, what's culturally different? Yeah, yeah culturally different. Because like I know from, like, I grew up in the, I grew up in Midwest, and I'm from the South, but it's a little different. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's um, there's culture based. I, um, I'm I love my state. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think we're the most beautiful state 
Um, I do think that we have our own set of problems and like I kind of see things for what they are and I see Colorado for what it is like we're like um, we have like we're like we're just like the ocean we have the pretty sea foam yeah. but we still just have trash yeah. in the in the sea and like we're super accepting until you want to kind of like impose your different on us you know yeah. um, but I do think that we're we're, we're pretty progressive um, I think at least outwardly you know what I mean? We're still a conservative town, but um, Denver is so different from Colorado Springs, much like, you know, Castle Rock is different from Fort Collins, and I love how each town has its own charm, okay. you know? Um, and I love I love our weather. I yep. like that each one is, like, defined. That makes one person, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that, like, like summer is summer. Yeah. You know, like, spring is spring here, and so is fall. Yeah, winter is definitely winter, but, like, we have, like, yeah, we have you... nice winter. Yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, again, like, you're one of the comics I met, so what got you into comedy? I got a big mouth. You got a big mouth? I got a big mouth. Um... And I got, I have a lot of things to say. Yeah. Um, I don't always say them the right way, you know. Um, and I was always pretty funny in conversation. And a lot of, a lot of my peers and my friends asked me like, "Hey, have you ever tried stand up comedy?" And I was like, "No." Um, and then I saw Tiffany Haddish, and she, uh, she inspired me. She's got, um, she's got a story that I can definitely understand. Um, I wasn't in foster care for a long time, but like I definitely understand that pain. Um, and I loved how she kind of used her voice and wanted to make people happy through laughter. So that's okay, exactly so she's she's one of your inspirations. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, so again, I never grew up in foster care, so explain to me like how it is growing up with that in in that situation. Um, I was really little. But it was it was scary, you know. And I'm sure that there's there's we like my my parents fostered kids, and like it was a safe place, and it okay. was a good place, you know. So like it's it's really dependent on the family and the experience. Um, my experience was was not so great. Mine was pretty abusive. Um, but I did have my sister with me, yeah. so I did have I did have that. Um, but it it taught me um, that you know family is is really. It doesn't matter who the blood is, you know. Um, and a lot of the time, um, you know, the kids aren't treated very well, you know. And they are they are treated more like property than yeah. than humans. And it's really it's really sad um, within within the like the you know people who who I know who are who were in the system. And some sometimes there's the kind of us versus them kind of thing, yeah. you know, because. I was adopted pretty young, um, and they and they weren't. We don't really understand why, and I understand that as well. Um, but it was it wasn't great. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. So speaking of family, I know you're a mother, right? Mm-hmm. Want to I ta- am. Want to talk about that a little bit, like? I'm um, like, what it's like to be a mom. Yeah, because I'm again, I'm not, a, I don't have a child, and even even if I did, I wouldn't know how to be a mother, you know. Yeah, um, I truthfully did not want to be a parent. Yeah. Um, I'm one of nine, so I was pretty good on kids. I didn't want kids. Yeah. Um, but I was blessed to to have my munchkin. Um, she's being a mother is my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, because she's she's only gonna be five for a little bit. 
you know, eventually she's gonna turn into her own person. So I enjoy um, kind of letting her figure out who she is as a person, kind of guiding her in the right direction. Um, I got lucky because she's she learns from her mistakes really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I hope that continues. Uh, but we'll see how her teenage years. We'll find we'll out. We'll figure out if I feel differently then. <laughs> yeah, you'll, we'll find out. But anyway, <laughs> I just want I just realized when you were talking, it's like you're also the third person I've interviewed and you're the third parent I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. Because I just remember my brother, he was adopted. He, he, he was going through the same thing. He wasn't foster care, but he was adopted. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a son who he adopted. And yeah. then the last person I interviewed, you know, Brittany, one of our friends, she's a mother. So right. it was like... I, I don't know why I'm picking up parents. Anyways, <laughs> the parenting corner. Yeah, I swear I don't have kids. I don't want kids. But- I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And there's nothing wrong with not wanting kids. I think that people always make it seem like there is something wrong. Like you have to have kids, but like kids are exhausting. Oh, trust like, me. Kids are awful. Like don't do it if you're not into making like making this successful little human being. Like don't do it. Yeah, right that's now. something I've realized because I'm the oldest of four. And I just, re- I just every time I come home, I see my mom with my two younger sisters. I'm like, oh my god! Right. You know, but I know they love. I know she loves those two. But okay, so speaking about you being a mother, how is it being a single? Because you're a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. How does it is being a single mom as a comp comic? Because when I was talking to Brittany yesterday, she was telling me that you'd probably give me a better answer than she would because she does co-parenting. And, and, I see that. Um, I'm lucky because I have her grandma, so she she watches her when I need her to, which is great. Um, As being a a single mom as a comic, um, a lot of of people just assume that I can't do it. Um, Or they just tell me to stop because, you know, I'm not going to have the support that I need. And that's that's not necessarily true. You know what I mean? And... Um, my daughter is is happy and she's taken care of you know what I mean and my, being a mom is is my number one priority but I'm not just her mom you know I'm a lot of other things and yeah. one of the things I just so happen to enjoy doing is making people laugh okay um, but I don't know if see so when did you when do you start comedy because I know Brittany started she started like a few days like a few months before I did mm-hmm but and she started like a month or so after I did. I don't remember. Okay. I know that we're approaching a year. Um, I don't. I don't remember if it was December or October. To be completely honest with you, but I know it has. It's been just about a year. Okay. So, mm-hmm. what? Besides, I, I know I asked you what got you into it, but what was your process of you getting into comics? I know when I did it, I just got back from Afghanistan. I was like, you know what? I'm bored. I just wanted to go do it. Mm-hmm. So what? Like, how, what was your process into getting into it? Oh, I wrote for, like, a year before. Um, and then one of the other comics told me about Oscar Blues. And so I brought my friend with me, and I, I went, and I, I just did it. Yeah. And um, I, I did very bad. Like, my jokes were, pretty, were okay. Um, but I didn't hold the mic close enough, so you couldn't hear me. Yeah. So you didn't really hear what I had to say so I had to learn that but I think with with there were there were several waves like because I, I know that I'm a lot different now as a comic as I was then and I can't I can't imagine how different I'm going to be as I continue yeah. 
um, because I went from like I had to write it out and it was almost too scripted and then I couldn't remember what I was trying to write and then I stopped writing as much and I just started doing and then I kind of I, through that I made my own blend of how to write it and how to okay. and how to deliver it um, and my process is a lot different now than it was then okay so what is your process like now if I could ask because I know with my process it used to be like my or, or, like my first joke I, I don't think I've ever wrote that joke down but then it's like other jokes I've wrote down like to the T mm-hmm. but now, and now what I do is I just write what I, what I want to talk about and then I just go from there like usually just do the title so how do you do your writing process um all of my jokes are timed now okay. um, so what I'll do a lot is I'll go to a mic and I'll just test stuff I want to say. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty clear to the audience too. Like I have nothing yeah. to say. And I go off of what the response is. And then I'll write, I'll write it down kind of as I said it. Um, and I'll revisit it and I'll write, physically write it out. I can't, I can't do this part with, with like texting on the phone. Yeah. Um, so I get my notepad out. And I write the joke from beginning to end, and I take the words that I don't really like. So if like it's if it's too much, because I, I can get wordy, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I try to take the, the extra fat out, and then I I change my words so they're more deliberate. Um, for me, I am a very animated person in conversation. Um, I get stiff on stage, so I have to write my movements out. Yeah. But I also need to know how long that's going to take me. Um, so once I have that out, I test it three times. Um, I test it and I, I try to record it. I don't always, but I try to record it. Yeah, but, um, but I always record it on my on my little recorder, just my voice. Yeah. Um, and then I'll take out the things that I don't like and my final tester, if you will. I know how long, how long the joke is. I know how long it's going to take me. And I kind of have evaluated my movements. Okay. And then that is the complete joke. All right, so... We're gonna take a little break real quick so I can so I can do something. One, two, one, and what were we talking about earlier before I stopped it? I don't remember. Ah, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so mm, you were asking me about my process. Yeah. So yeah. So I know you were talking about how you like record it. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, do you listen to your recordings, or because I can't, I do not like listen to my voice. Yeah, I do, and I think the reason why I'm I'm more okay with it than than others because I work in a call center. Right. So, like, I'm used to having to hear my voice, um, especially um, because like I have to I have to force you to listen to your voice. Yeah. So, I'm used to that now. What I don't like is watching myself on camera, and I don't like pictures. Those are the two things. Like if. Um, a lot of the shows that I've gone to, like where there's a group picture, I, I'm not in it. Yeah. And that's kind of deliberate. Like, I don't really want to be in it. Um, and I have a hard time watching myself on on camera. Yeah, that's why I send my videos to people, just so that way I don't hear myself or look at myself, <laughs> you know? But okay, so you're one of the people in the Colorado Springs area. What? Because the thing I've noticed is, like, it's almost too clicky in some ways. How do you feel about like that situation? Am I just crazy or? I think people are people. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's less here um, than it is other places. 
um, I do think that there's a lot of I'm gonna work with these people because these people are familiar. Yeah. And, but I do think we do pretty well at including everybody and offering everybody to kind of come together. Um, I do think that there's some personalities that are a lot stronger than others. And I think that those personalities direct a lot of the weaker personalities. Um, I think that people take a lot of things more personally than they need to, um, especially because yeah, like it's it, this is a hobby and it's a group, but it's kind of like a workplace. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you're gonna, like don't don't shit where you eat. You know, like that's gonna cause problems. Don't only book your friends. Yeah. Right, because then that's gonna cause problems. Like it's, but some people need more work than others, and that's an honest thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so don't be mad if you're not booked for these things. If you if you haven't really taken a good look at what you're doing and what you're producing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will take that more personally than it needs to be. Um, I think that a lot of the time, um, personal issues with people, like, I, I just don't like you, yeah. so I'm not going to work with you. I think that causes a lot of missed opportunities. Um, because, at, like, really at the end of the day, like, it's if you really want to do this you're going to have to work people like that yeah you know what i mean there's always going to be that one person who's going to try to try to put something where it doesn't belong but you have to react properly you gotta figure out what you're going to do you know you can't when we're we can't be i don't want to say childish um but that is one of the things you have to take into consideration when it comes to Asia business and like just yeah. that's, networking. That's one thing I've realized with like, I've noticed with you than other people is even when I first met you, you didn't take, you weren't, you wouldn't take stuff personally. And mm -hmm. it's but you'd always take it like professionally. I remember like we had, like you had a conversation with, with me and a couple other comics. It was like, Hey, I'm taking this serious. We got to take this as like a business. You know, and that's one thing I actually really respect about you because there's like sometimes where, and I, I agree with you, like people take stuff a little too personal and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know. And you're, and again, you're absolutely right. It's like if you're gonna, don't be jealous of other people getting a little bit ahead of what, because the thing is, at the end of the day, it's like, like say for example, like say for example, you and me, like. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna have, a, you have, a, like, you're gonna have a headline kick. That's fucking awesome, right? Mm -hmm. And but the thing is, it's like, well, why would I be like, oh man, well, Leslie got a headline kick, but I didn't. And I was like, oh, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I like is the fact is you don't take it personal, but you make it like you are professional about it. Like I even like with this, like even when you got here, it's like, sorry, I'm late. You know, I was on the phone. It's like, you know, that's cool. that's cool because there's some people who they would just say, hey, what's up, and they would walk in. And like, okay, I didn't, you know, wait here. And that's one thing I actually really appreciate with you is the fact that you take this per you don't take it personal and but you take it you you're very professional about it and you also are very non no bullshit about it either because the thing is like I've noticed with you is like when you have issues with someone you're not going to you're going to you're not going to be like petty with them but you're going to be like hey listen I don't really care what you have to say and stuff like that. And I really appreciate that about you. No problem. But okay, so you have a sh you told me like earlier you had a show. Yeah, I do. Um, hold on. 
out. Yeah, she's pulling out a thing so she can sh talk I, about it. I do. Um, so it's called the Little Bay Comedy Show. Um, it's happening at Tropical Vibes. It's a it's a Caribbean girl. Okay. I'm super excited. Um, but I, this one I'm just featuring in. Um, but we have some crazy talent. Um, we got Cool Bubba, Bubba Isis coming out. Uh, Chanel Hughes and Shanine. They are they are both ridiculously funny women. Okay. Um, Anthony Armstrong, P.J. Johnson, and Tyree Dillard are gonna be. Um, featured with me um but it's it's gonna be great it's happening on november 15th um at 6 30 show starts at 8 so. oh cool yeah so how so how much time you have i have five minutes five minutes uh-huh um and i'm i'm trying some new things trying okay. some new things um talk about like the bell and fetish a lot and stuff like that and i was really crafting those um, but I have a, a couple of different ones now, um, just to kind of switch it, switch it up. Cause I got a big mouth, so. Yeah. That's, I don't know how you could do new, new stuff when you, when, whenever you had a show, whenever you have a showcase. Cause every time I featured, I could, or guest, I could, I had to do my old stuff just so that way I knew it worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then that's one, but the, again, that's one thing I've noticed with you. Like there's some comics like that we had in our group that you know you could tell what they're gonna say when they say but that's like I, I know a couple of your jokes but like most of the time when you're on stage like they're they're new or if they're the same joke they're like worded differently where they're almost almost like a new joke yeah you know so fuck, I forgot where I was going at the, with this um well and I think that's important though yeah. like um because every audience is gonna be different Oh, yeah. And like, as long as I have the structure of what I want to say, I can play off the words a little bit. Like, um, there was one where I was, I was at the dab lounge, and I don't, I don't always go into the crowd, and, but I did this time. Um, and this 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 kid was just like he he did not break eye contact with me for a hot minute. Yeah. So I just looked at him. I was like, I bet people tell you that that, that you make them feel special. And it was true. And instead of instead of using the the same thing I usually do, which is like it looks like you showered today, I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's still it does the same thing. It's just different words. Okay. Um, and I, I try to do that. Okay, because that's one thing that's pretty cool. Because that's something I've noticed too. Doing like doing it for a while is like say if you go to a different venue, like say you went to Oscar Blues, like I act a certain way. When I do jokes at Oscar Blues, like I'm more deadpan, I do more one-liners. But mm -hmm. if like if I'm at Bar Bar K, I gotta be a little more, you know, animated. I gotta be instead of doing what I usually do, I have to kind of improv a little more right. and get a little more, you know, like hey, how you doing? Instead of like talking about like just saying like saying the same tone, monotone stuff like that. Right. No, I totally get that. Um, I I bombed at Lulu's because of that. So I just oh. kind of walked in there with the same. I didn't really try to engage with the with the crowd, and it was a small crowd. Yeah. And that was that was where I misstepped. Um, but it did it did show me like 
some of some of my things I need to do as in past tense as opposed to yeah. present, um, which was good to learn. But at the same time, like if I just would have engaged a little bit more, it would have been fine. You know. Okay. Let's see. I'm brained up right now, so give me a second. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Alright, so we were talking about I know we were just talking about comedy But we're going to go on to something else So what do you think about Like the election coming up? Oh um, I personally Think we are Going in the same direction we were before um, But I think this election is super important And I think that whatever decision each voter decides to make needs to be informed. Like, it needs to be an informative, informative decision. Um, and I don't, you don't have to agree with each other on who you're voting for, um, but like at least know why you're doing it. I think that part of the issue last time is we were not quite firm on why we were. Okay. So, like. What do you mean we're going the same direction? Um, I think last time we were we were so hell bent on like making sure we're making the right decision for the country that we kind of ignored some significant red flags from every person. Um, and I think this time we're so hell bent on like whether Trump is good or bad that we're not really paying attention to the things that we need to be paying attention to. And like it's the same. Thing. Like there's significant red flags, and we those things need to be addressed, and we need to make sure we're choosing somebody who is who is going to consider both of our point of views. Okay. Um, and we're not doing that again. You know. All right. So, what are some red flags that you would want fixed? Um, I think the fact that we're not really looking at the economy for what it is and the, cons the concerns that this current administra administration has kind of put in front of us, like, that's not really going addressed. It's more, he's, he's just bad. It's like, okay, but why is he bad? Um, I think that the country is incredibly divided, whether we like it or not, um, by religion and by race and by political point of view. And, you know, it's, it's not just one thing anymore. Okay. And, we're not like what are we going to do to bridge that because there's been a significant division um globally right like what are we going to do for 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 the earth you know like it's not something that we can ignore anymore and we've just kind of ignored it and those are the three things you know how are we going to make money how are we going to be able to make camaraderie right and community yeah. And last is how are we gonna keep our environment safe? And those three things are super important. Doesn't matter how we get there, but those are the three things that need to be addressed at the moment. Okay. You know. Let's see. So, all right. So you answered that. So what? I'm trying to think how to word this. Mm -hmm. How would you? want it to be fixed if I can ask like those three things oh. like that's like how would you want to fix you know 
the economy. How would I do it? How would you do it, yes. Um, I, know I, I have no idea. Um, but what I would do if it was my responsibility to, to facilitate it yeah. is I would get the experts, the best experts from this side and this point of view and that point of view, and I would want to understand the best way to fix it. Okay. Um, I don't think that it can be fixed with with the same kind of people. I don't think it can be fixed with the same kind of ideas. I think all of those different ideas need to come together for what's going to be the most realistic option. Um, but we're, that's a lot to ask from people because people like to put a lot of extra things in yeah. there. You know? <laughs> yeah, I got you. All right. So. Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, so we got into that. So, so we talked about your comedy. Other than that, what else is going on with your life right now? Uh, I don't know. Not a whole lot. Like I think, I think right now, um, I'm like I'm this, in this weird like evolution stage because I'm in my late twenties now. Yeah. So, like I'm I'm evolving into a different person. And um, my focus is changing a little bit, and that's a little weird, you know. Um, I want different things now, and I think that like when when somebody asks like what's what's new, like I think that's just the new thing right now. It's okay. like everything is kind of it's just kind of shifting, and I don't know. I'm sure that happens to other people, but no, nah, that's just you. Like, like just. But like it's. Like, and a lot of the people around me are kind of in the same yeah. transitional phase, so it's kind of it's kind of weird to see everybody kind of shifting. Yeah. Okay. You know? All right. So, what are things you want like with life? What do, what are things you like with your job or like with comedy? What do you want to change in the next like few years? Well, my ultimate goal for comedy is like I want. Like, you know how comedy is your process, right? Yeah. Like, comedy takes a lot of writing, it takes a lot of practice, it takes a lot of refinement, and I want to be phenomenal at that process. Like, I want to be able to churn out jokes like nobody's business with, yeah. with, my, with my process, but I want them to be good jokes. I don't want to just be producing shit, you know? Um, and then, of course, I just, I want success. And success, to me, is a little different than others. Um, like, I don't... I don't particularly like I don't think I would be a good famous person <laughs> yeah um, I'm much I, I'm I, I can't keep my mouth shut long enough for that um, but I do want to have the ability to go and perform anywhere I want to okay. you know um, I want to win some of these festivals and I want to I want to gain some traction that way so you'd be more like a someone who tours than like you know Kevin Hart who can have a special like every other year or something like that. Yeah, like and and, and like don't get me wrong, I want to be yeah. as good as Kevin Hart. Yeah. Right? Like I wanna, I want, I want to be that good, right? Yeah. Um. But I guess I guess that poses the question, like like, do I have? Do you have to decide that, right? Like, do you have to choose that huge spotlight, or can you just be that traveling comic? Oh, I know. I was w listening to some other interviews with like Joe Rogan. He was talking about how 
uh, Joey Diaz didn't do TV for like 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he does, so it is possible to do that, and, if you, and that's, the thing is, I know I was talking to like, before I started my podcast, it, I was talking to one other comic, and he's like, I don't really care to go on tour, I just want to be a local, ten- I just want to be good at being local, mm-hmm. and you know, that's perfectly fine, you know, like, mm-hmm. I know, I want to be able to perform in different, uh, different cities, in different states, because mm-hmm. that's more fun, that's way more fun than me, than me actually talking about producer, that's like, even my podcast, I use, I'm using my phone right now, and that's all I'm using, I remember I was talking to someone else, I'm going to interview after I interview you, and they were like, oh, so, because I was like, hey, we can just do the interview while we're going to Denver, he's like, oh, how are we going to do that? in your car is like well I have a phone and I can press record you know it's like so I get where you're getting at like you don't you would want to be able to be a great comic but you don't want to be you know the famous like where the point is like uh, Leslie Fox's trip when she was walking down the stage and like paparazzi everywhere and I get that yeah you know I know some people prefer privacy and stuff like that and I and I totally get that but I understand but I understand but what I'm, I'm on a tangent. I don't know where I'm going out with this, but it's whatever. This is how I do it. But so I kind of get that. So let's talk about what's your style of comedy? Because I don't know some people who don't really know, what, don't really know or haven't really seen you perform. They want to know how do you, what is your stage? Because I was talking to Brittany, she's more like, you know, kind of goofy and stuff like that. She yeah. plays music. I'm more I, I, I'm more story like I'm more story and I also do a lot of one-liners but I don't get it pull out a guitar and start playing how is your style like if you can like say it like you know put a word with it it's honest um, as as I write um, I talk about more dark things and like it's and it's because like I've, I've dealt with a lot of things yeah. like I'm I'm young but I've seen enough you know, and really, um, it's me bringing light to it. Like, I've got a lot of jokes about um, my baby daddy. Yeah. You know, um, I've got jokes about, you know, like liking the wrong kind of men. Um, I have a joke about, like, the friend zone and why I think it's bullshit. Yeah. And it's just honest um, because I have a weird outlook on things. I don't understand certain things. Um and so I, I choose to question why they are the way they are. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the difference. I think, um, I think though, the hard part about my style of comedy is if I get too raw or honest about it, and I don't write it in the right way, then it comes off um, very dry. Yeah. And it comes off very, this is just a sad thing. Um, so it has to be crafted a little bit differently, so that way it's funny. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed, like, with with their type of guy joke. I, I love that one, just because the thing is, it's, you could tell it's in true in some ways, but you can also tell that it's scripted in a way to where it's more, like, for the audience, you know? Right. Kind of like my Steve joke, it's more scripted for the audience than... You know, me going to therapy and saying, yeah, you know, my ex cheated on me after I came home from deployment. Right. You know. Right. Fuck her. Yeah. You know, that's a joke I made up in Afghanistan, right? Oh, good. Yeah, that never happened. Fuck your fake wife. Yeah. Fuck your fake ex-wife. Yeah, so let's see. So. Excuse me. I know when I was talking to Brittany, she was more of a co-parent. You have your daughter, like, 
all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, well, and I like so me and me and dude broke up, um, but I got super lucky. Yeah. Um, because uh, my ex boyfriend kind of stepped in as dad. Okay. Um, and I have support, right? Like. Uh, Lila's grandma Leandra like she watches her when I'm at work and stuff like that so I have help I would not be able to do it if it was just me yeah um, but it is primarily me okay. um, I don't I don't necessarily get to co-parent you know like I don't have her half of the time I have her all of the time yeah. um, but she and her grandma are super close so like usually um, if I have when I when I do my open mics um, she will be at her grandma's house, right? So okay. she has she has a sleepover, you know. Um, okay. So, but it takes a village. It really does. It really does. Okay. So. So. So you have a, do you how's your relationship with your parents? Because I know you have a good relationship. She has a, your daughter has a good relationship with her mom. Mm -hmm. How are you with like both your parents? Because you talk about your grand her grandmother, mm -hmm. but you don't really talk much about her grandfather. Okay, well, so um, her grandma is uh, my baby daddy's mom, um, and his dad is kind of a piece of shit, so oh, okay. he's, he's gone. Um, my dad passed away. Um, my dad was my, he was like my hero, yeah. you know. Um, and my mom and I, we, we didn't always get along when I was, when I was growing up, you know. Um, we have some different viewpoints and stuff like that, but... As an adult, we get along wonderfully. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm super appreciative of my relationship with, with my mom. Um, my biological mom, Michelle, who I have some jokes about, I don't speak to. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, we're on two very different um, levels of stuff. So, um, but... Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but, I mean... Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, yeah that answers your question. So, let's see, so, when you're talking, when you say your mother, you're actually talking about your step, your stepmother, right? My adopted mom, Your yeah. adopted mom? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm hmm Yeah, and she's my mom, like, that's, I think that's the, the, the weird part about adoption is, yeah. like, some kids... Um, they kind of, they still need their maternal, you know, like they need their maternal mother, they yeah. need it. Um, I more saw it for what it was, and like, my, my mom, Jana, my adopted mom, like, she's my mom, yeah. like she, she's my mother, like she, she, she took care of me, she, she helped raise me, you know what I mean? Um, Michelle, yeah, she gave birth to me, but she didn't contribute anything to my life and then just wanted to all of a sudden when I was an adult. And I was like, no, you can't just tell me that I can't do things yeah. when you are just as much of an adult as I am. Um, now, some some kids, like, they, they go back to their moms, and that's okay. Like, um, But for me, it was just... Like you, you left, I got it. Like yeah. Well, that's something I've noticed when I've talked to other people who were adopted or had a have had a, had a stepmom or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like for example, my brother, when he says his mom, mm -hmm. I know he's talking about the one that the woman who adopted him. Mm -hmm. You know. But then, mm -hmm. and that's his mom. That's how his brother is too. It's like their dad was the dad that adopted him. It wasn't their biological father. And that's something I've noticed. Mm -hmm. 
with a lot of people who have been adopted or in the foster care parent place program, they are more inclined to talk about their mother. When they say their mom or their dad, they're talking about the person who raised them, not the person who really gave birth to them. And I, I get that a lot. I see, I understand, like, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to say I get it because, again, I was never in the, my, both my, I had both my parents. I grew up with, my mom raised me and three other, three other children while my dad was either at work or deployed. Right. So, you know, I'm very close to my mother and I'm closer to my dad now that I'm older just because of the sheer fact that I understand why. Because the thing is, I'm gone a lot of the time. Like, I'm in the Army. He was in the Army. Mm -hmm. So I understand where it is now than I did when I was younger. Right. But, yeah, I understand where you're getting at because I'm closer to my parents now the older I get. But the thing is, I couldn't imagine having my parents just give birth to me then being adopted and being like, well, mm -hmm. you know. But there's other people who they're more, hey, so this is my mom. And then it's like, dude, your mom's white and you're Hispanic like I don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> yeah. and it's like I but now that I'm older I understand why it's like that because that's how it is with my brother and his 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 actual brother yeah yeah and like and like all my, my parents adopted six kids and my dad yeah. my dad's black my mom's white so like we just we were this mixed family in Castle Rock and that was that was really weird because like we we grew up in a time where even though it was still pretty progressive and like racism yeah. was bad you know what i mean um there was still a, like there was still kind of a, a stigma over what success was and like what beauty was and things like that yeah. and so like we we grew up in in a, in a middle class neighborhood right yeah. and like we understood like the civil rights movement we understood the power of of, of being um, being black and being part of our black community yeah. while still understanding that the affluence of this of this middle class that we lived in and I think a lot of the time when people hear that I'm, I'm, I grew up in Castle Rock they all of a sudden assume that I'm not black anymore I'm not I'm not Hispanic anymore and yeah. it's like yes I still am and either way like my dad was black as fuck so yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter um, but it does it does give you a different um, perception because that was one thing that that people asked a lot right like they would be like okay so you have to be half white because your mom's white like, no I'm not yeah. I'm adopted but don't you can't tell me what race I am yeah. you know um, and a lot of the time like when we would go to other places and different things like that like you know we were a mixed race family yeah. so we we all looked very similar but we were all we're all different races some yeah. of us are some of us are hispanic some of us are are mixed you know with with black and white and hispanic um but it's it's i think your 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 race um it doesn't it's it can be weird especially um because there's so many kids that were adopted here yeah. that are that are um mixed race that when you do see a parent that is yeah, of you. a different race you're so, like so so i noticed when when i remember this was like a while ago you're talking about being more cultural with your jokes like mm -hmm. what what do you mean by that because again like i'm not because I, I know you're very proud of your culture you're very proud of being yeah. like african-american you're half hispanic right mm -hmm. yeah you're very proud of that mm -hmm. and that's something that i find interesting because the thing is i'm proud of i'm proud of being german-american i'm very proud of that but the thing is i know i'm not trying to be like poor me but there's like a as a 
stigma of me being proud of being what I am. Right, all of a sudden you're a yeah. white supremacist. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm, yeah, yes. and, it's, and it's weird to me because <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's not weird, but you know what I'm trying to get at. It's like, what do you mean by making it more, like, cultural with your, like, your jokes and stuff like that? Because you, you're... Like you're one of those you're one of those like female comics that I don't hear you like saying you know like stout an N word or something like that. I don't ever hear you say any racial term. So what do you mean by culturally? Because the thing is, it's like I just want to know what you mean by that because it's different. Um. So I think that I think that there's certain there's just certain norms um, that each community has, right? Yeah. Um, and one of and sometimes I want to talk about those things specifically, like um, yes, sometimes they can be stereotypical. Yeah. Like they certainly can, um, but that's I think I think it's funny that um, because I burnt the fried chicken when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to make it anymore. So as an adult, a white man had to show me to yeah. make sure that I was doing it right. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Like, that's not supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's funny that, um, <laughs> that like, the, my, my, entire, my entire life, my perception of, like, of what beauty was, was not, like, I was already okay looking. Like, I was fine. Yeah. Like, but I didn't think so for a really long time. And like that, that mismatch to me is funny. And I write it that way. Um, I also think um, that there's certain things that, that we do. Um, maybe, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm answering the question with like how to add more culture into it. I think um, more of my experience in it, yeah. Yeah, it it kind of is. Like yeah. it's, I kind of, I get where you're, where you're getting at with it. Like you're making fun of, like, like your perception on stuff. Because the thing is, yeah. you're making fun of the like certain stereotypes that you know, that are stereotypes. But the thing is, it's like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a black woman. I couldn't. I had to have a white guy make chick like fried chicken. Right. That like makes. He had, to, he had to show me how to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> because, that's definitely. I feel like that's a that's a great, great way to show it because I'm trying to say it's better than you know you're kind of calling out stereotypes and you're make you're making fun of them in a certain way if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like because I, I I pride myself on seeing things for what they are. Yeah. Like um, I think I've got a pretty objective view of most things that and I try really hard to. Yeah. Um, but like. Everybody, like, I have a joke, um, and, like, everybody knows the one person that is late. Like, we all know the person that is late. Every race has a person that's late, yeah. right? Um, the person that I specifically speak about just so happens to be black. And so what I more talk about is how, like, how, you can't be late. You're not allowed to be late. Like, if you, we're not allowed to be late. Like, you need to be early. Like, get, get yourself together. Like, you, we of all people cannot be coming late. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it's... 
I could I could say that about somebody else and like frame it to be professional. Yeah. But that's the person that I was thinking of who was always late. And like it just is an added fact that that person just happens to be black. And no, we can't afford to be late. Yeah, I got you. Because if you're late, they're going to assume I'm going to be late. <laughs> and we can't do that. Yeah, I got you. All right. So, all right. That answers that. That answers that question. So, let's see. So I know I asked you how it is to be a mother com a mother comic, but how, what advice would you give to a female comic or a single mother comic or something like that? What advice would you give them if they wanted to start off? Um, don't let them tell you no. Um, a lot of the time, the, there's there's a different guilt when you're a parent, and I think it doesn't matter if you're a single mom or a single dad or you yeah. have kids or like a unit at home. Um, people are always like you're choosing this over that and that's not remotely true yeah um and as long as like be realistic though like you need to be realistic like if you have a show coming up like you need to know how many times you need to practice before this show yeah. so you need to make sure you're accommodating that you know what i mean like and if you and you need to spend time with with your people yeah. you can't just you can't just choose this and not really at least explain or involve them I think that's what causes the resentment um, I, I tell I tell my daughter when I'm gonna make people laugh and that's how I tell her it's like I'm, I'm gonna go make people laugh and she she always understands um, but I think initially friends family they all are like oh you can't do that because what about the children I roll my eyes yeah okay so Let's see. So I know we talked about like what got you into comedy, but who are your like your inspirations for comedy? Like who are the comics that you like? You like because for example, with me, it's like I listen to Anthony Jelson because the thing is I like his sense of humor. Yeah. yeah I also yeah. listen to Ron White because the thing is he tells stories. Like who are your inspirations? Right. Who are the guys that you listen to who you know give you not really advice but kind of help you figure stuff out a little bit yeah yeah like exactly my inspiration um i think it depends on what i'm looking for okay um because i i try really hard um to not to not look at the like the joke but how the joke was crafted yeah or the timing and ellen is my favorite on redirection so like she she like her her last special and relatable where she was, that was her last one, was like, she she had a way of making it relatable while, while bringing that, like, that 180 punch where it was just, it, like, it's beautiful, like, and her, and her timing is beautiful. So I, when I, when I want to brush up on my timing, I watch, I watch Ellen. Um, I love, um, I love John Mulaney because okay. of how tactful he is with, with how he says things. Um, so if I want to work on like in delivery in my voice, I watch John Mulaney, um, Tiffany Haddish for my animation because she's so animated in yeah. her projection. Um, uh, for for consistency and for like the concise joke writing, um, I watch I watch uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, for my honest and raw, I'll watch uh, I'll watch Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock. Yeah. Um, and then I also like to watch, um, this sounds really bad, but uh, I like to watch uh, the, like, just comics on YouTube. Um, like, uh, 
like videos on uh, the Laugh Factory and things like that, and I'll listen to just how they're delivering it, not necessarily what they're saying, but how they're delivering it. And like sometimes there's some that I'm like, ooh, I did not like that, yeah. so I'm not gonna do that. And I'll notice that I do that. Um, I'm just I'm I try to try to take the flow and how those kinds of things as opposed to. I loved this joke, and that's why it's that's why a lot of the time, if you ask me, like, did you hear this person's joke? Like, I probably yeah. did. But you don't. I got. I get what you're saying because I don't. Yeah. I do the same thing. Like, there's there's a few comics where I can quote their jokes, but I don't really hate their jokes. I just take right. the way they do. They do. They they do. The, like they get the joke because it's like yes. I got what you're saying because it's like you don't want to be like I was talking to this this comic David Delgado and he was telling me he was like he did this one joke. And this was before, like, YouTube and stuff like that. Well, not before YouTube, because he did it, like, seven years ago. But it was, like, you, and he had somebody talk to him. He was like, hey, check this per check this person out. And they would do the same joke, and they've been doing it longer. So it's like, I get where you're going at. Like, you don't really try to remember jokes. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, you can't take them. Because I remember there was this one joke I was trying to write, I was going to do about, you know, about about picture, about pictures. I was like, you know, got... And then I looked, and I thought about it, I was like, I've heard someone say that joke, and I pulled it up, and mm -hmm. I was like, yep, someone said a joke about taking pictures on your phone. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not, it's like, I'm not going to do that. It was, it was different things. Like, he was talking about dick pics, I was talking about, like, actually taking pictures to what you know. Right. I don't look fat and stuff like that, you know, but. That, I, I get it. Like, yeah. And that's something that's super hard, too, because, like, I, and that's why I like to specifically listen to, like, how they said it. Oh, yeah. Or, what, like, how, or how long it took. Um, because it's super easy to like, cause after a while you really have to lean on your own individuality because yeah. there's going to be things that people are going to say that are going to be so similar to how you think about it. There's that one thing that makes it different from theirs. Yeah. And if you are doing it on your own, it's a lot easier than when you're outside influence. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I agree with you on that too. Cause it's like, that's why a lot of my jokes are more military base or jokes about my life because the thing right. is like if I make jokes about you know I don't know airplanes it's like what you know what am I going to do talk about airplane food okay well there's a million comics who've had made jokes about that right and I've also right. I've also noticed this with other comics is like if there's a holiday or something or like a an event mm -hmm. you know com everyone would make jokes about that event like for example Halloween Every comic on Halloween at Bar K was talking about, hey, guess what I am? I was like, all right, that's the fifth one that said that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no point in me doing that joke. Or when Games of Th Game of Thrones was a thing, I remember yes. every single comic would say, mm -hmm. guess I'm the only person that's not watching Game of Thrones. It's like, uh, I did know because there's ten of us. Just saying. Yeah, there's it's like become more popular to not watch Game of Thrones than it is to watch it. I know, right? But I'm just going on a rant here, so. Let's see. So you have a show in November. How many showcases have you done? I don't count them. You don't count? I should, but I don't. Um, I think I think the reason I don't count them is I, I still don't I still don't think I'm very good yet. Okay. Um, and that's that's it's I'm gaining more confidence as it goes. Um, and I know that I'm not bad. Yeah, you're not. Right. And I know that I know that I'm better than some. But I'm I'm also like a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not at my tier of 
of funny. Yeah. And I don't think that that's going to be achieved for a while. So I don't think I'm going to care about things like that. Okay. Because um, I care, I care, like, sometimes um, it's more the moment. Yeah. You know, um, if I get a really good laugh at this, even if it's at an open mic, those are more of the successes that I've yeah. Um, I like there's there's some like like Alonso he can count how many open mics he's done and I could I can't tell you how many months I've been yeah. doing it but I think I think that I don't think those things matter as much to me as as others okay. um, I, I will always remember when I did um, I did thick skin at comedy works for the first time like I'll always remember doing each venue for the first time because yeah. those are exciting for me oh yeah um, but I don't the showcases I don't usually I remember preparing for them yeah me too you know I, I remember that more than anything else so I remember like my first showcase at in Pueblo I remember I did I remember for like three weeks I was doing the whole set mm-hmm. over and over again like I was reading it over and over again mm-hmm. and I remember the one I did with uh, that one with Cool Black and Nene, I remember doing that one. And it was only five minutes, but I remember I was doing that one for about two weeks before I felt good enough to do it. And that's yeah. something I've realized, too. It's like, it's hard to keep count. Like, I know I've been doing it since March or April, so I know it's like one of those, it's got to be around nine months. But other right. than that, it's like, I don't really know how many shows I've done. I know for, like, during the summer I did... I know there's times where I did three shows in one, like open mics in one night, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm not gonna keep count of that because it's like after a while, like it's I don't even remember. Like it took like I actually had to think about it when I was like, how many years have I been in the army? And I've been in the army for four and a half years now. You right. Know? Right. Which is that kind of thing. No, I get that, and I think too like I remember the progress. Like oh. I remember like I remember like three months ago. It was like three months ago. Um, one of my jokes was just not even where close to where it needed to be. Yeah. But now it is, and it's pretty good. But like I remember things like that. I remember that yeah. not working three months ago, and I remember it was at Oscar Blues where it didn't work. But I don't. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I remember like that, it's the same kind of thing. I remember like how I did my first, how I, like I did, would do some jokes, mm-hmm. and I remember how I used to do it that way. Then I would be like, but now it's like almost completely different. And now it's like certain jokes I have. I can, I have callbacks to certain jokes where when I yeah. first started, it was like, there was like a joke, then it'd be done after that. Mm-hmm. And then there wouldn't be anything at like, bring that back to that joke. Right. Right. Well, and like they get a little stronger each oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even, even when one of my jokes doesn't do well, just because the fact is people have heard me say that joke all the time, mm-hmm. I can still tell that it's a million times better than it was before I started and that's one thing I like that's one reason why honestly we still like doing this is for the fact is, is like I do new jokes and like there might be times where I do a joke and it, even if it works I only do it like like maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months and I'm like oh, I'm done now and then I just do it and I try to do new stuff and that's one thing I've noticed with you is you do the same thing like there's still times where I know you have that joke about your daughter. I'm not going to spoil it <laughs> because, you know, just in case people do go to your show, they can hear it because I think it's funny. But it's every time you say that joke, I still laugh just because the thing is it's hilarious to me because I don't have kids, but I'm old. I'm the oldest of four. So I can honestly remember having those conversations with my younger sister saying, hey, <laughs> listen here, shithead. You know? Get yourself together. We're making no money this way. Yeah, so I got you. How do you how do you feel 
about um, when people when when people like have you ever had a joke stolen? Well, my jokes is like a little hard to steal my jokes. The thing is, it's like I'm one of the besides Mark Mike Mike Farmer. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that's in the military in the military. So it's like if you right. take my jokes, it's like whatever. But I've had premises of my jokes taken from me. Like I'm not gonna say any. I'm not gonna say who because mm-hmm. you know. For all I know, they probably made that joke much longer than I have. But the thing is, it's like I, I've had jokes where I've had premises taken. It's like, uh, I honestly don't care. Cause they, then again, you can't really take my jokes like that. Because the thing is, only way you can take my joke is if you were if you lived my experiences. Like even mm-hmm. like I had one of my guys from my platoon come to my come to one of my shows, and he wanted to do an open mic, and he did it, and it was like, well, he had jokes that were similar. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't be, like, my jokes. The thing is, my jokes are me. -hmm. So it's like, if you take, like, say, for example, um, my wrestling joke. Like, a wrestler could take, like, someone could take that joke. But the thing is, it's like, you could clearly tell. Because if they take it just like my joke, like, word for word, it's like, well, you can clearly tell they took that. But if they take, like, their premise about wrestling, like, how, you know, has a stigma of being gay. And they take it, and it's like that. To me, it's like whatever, because it's not my joke. It's like a premise right. of my joke. How about you? How do you feel about that? Because I know some comics, not going to say any names, just because the thing is, I remember one comic found out another comic stole his joke, and he lost his shit. I think it's I think it's the ultimate act of disrespect. Yeah. I think it is the most backhanded compliment ever. Um, but I agree with you. Like, you can't take a premise. Yeah. Um, I've had... I've had the beginning of my joke taken, um, but at the same time, I wasn't mad at it. Like yeah. I was, I was more offended um, by the reaction of a different person yeah. um, than I was of this person taking taking my joke um, because, like, it wasn't finished yet. Yeah. Like, like even if I chose to tell my version of the joke, mine would be so much different because. Yeah. This person didn't take my, my, my punchline. You know what I mean? So it's a he that did it. It was a, it was a he. It was a he. <laughs> um, but it definitely narrows it down, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you can't you can't take a premise. You can't take an idea. Now, if it was word for word. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would, I would be. I, I would be. Pe- yeah, I would and be And I too. do know that there's some comics that do that. Yeah. They totally do. Um, but I think that... If you if you see it, if you see it, you should call it. But after that, whatever they choose to do with it yeah. is on them. You know what I mean? You can't make somebody admit that they took it. You can't make somebody yeah. like say that they did it. Like, and either way, if they go say your joke, they're not going to give a blank book. Oh yeah. Like they don't care that you know that they took it. Like. But then again, it's like, I, again, like how I feel is like, most again, most of your jokes are you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would understand, like, say, for example, if someone took my Steve joke, I'd be like, all right, dude, it's kind of fucked. Right. Because that's my joke. But the thing is, if someone took that joke, especially, well, most likely if they took that joke here, it'd be like, all right, we know who you took that from because it's, like, my joke. But if, like, mm-hmm. for example, I remember Alonzo had this joke where it was, like, about, you know, if you compared girls to, like, colleges. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, that's a good premise. And I talked to him about it. I was like, hey, can I do that same premise? But instead of that, do friends with, like, STDs. 
Right. And he was like, yeah, well, it's it's stealing the premise, but it's not stealing the joke. So, yeah, go for it, man. Exactly. And, like, I'm okay with that because the thing is, it's like, there's only so many premises you can do. Like, say, for example... I'm not, a, I'm not a mother, so I wouldn't know how to do any parenting jokes, but, like, say, military jokes. You know, uh, Brian Sullivan was in the military, is, was in the military, was in the Army. Like, uh, John, Johnny B. Uh, Troy Morgan. Yeah. You know, um, Mark, Mike Farmer's still in. Yeah. Nene Rodriguez was in. Yeah. All that stuff. And, yeah. And, like, like, perfect example, I'll use Nene. Like, Nene has this joke where he's talking about how, you know, there's gays in the army, right? I have the same pr- same subject matter, but the way I do it is different. Mm-hmm. Like, that, to me, I understand, is fu- that's fine to me. Because the thing is, it's like, it's a different premise. Like, I'm talking about how do I personally feel about that, where he's talking right. about how they, how... He perceives them to be acting. Acting, how they perceive them to be acting, which is, you know... Mm-hmm. I'm not, two, two very two different, different things. They're yeah, two very but different. they're the same subject. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Because I know there's some, I'm not, again, there's some comics or some people who do open mics and comics that they feel like it's like, well, that's my subject. Why are you taking my subject? That's my premise. Like, right. It's like there's only so much you can really do right. with a premise. Right. You know? But, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think, I think people, again, take that too personally because it's super easy yeah. to, especially if it's something that, like, it's just common knowledge. Like, it's, it would be the equivalence of somebody getting mad about, like, everybody saying that people in Colorado can't drive. Like... Because they can't. Like, that's, that's been a running joke for forever, right? And we all know that it's people from California and Texas. Kansas. Kansas City. Those fuckers can't drive for shit. Just saying. But everybody has joked about that. Oh, yeah. But if we, if you coined or like tr- just took the, the premise, oh, that yeah. means that all of those jokes are now not able to be used. Yeah, and it's like, I guess, just like I know, or I'll use, I'll, I'll, use, I'll even use my, my first joke, the Steve joke. If they took the premise of the joke, which is, you know, walking like me in my, walking, me walking into my ex, mm-hmm. you know, if that was like, that's my premise, no one can take it. That's a lot of jokes that people have about shit like that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I know um, Ben Verbeck has a joke about Jody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He has a couple jokes about that. It's like, well, and the thing is, it's like, a premise is different than a joke. Because the premise, really, realistically, right? The yeah. premise is infidelity. Oh, yeah. you can't You can't say that infidelity is your premise because... I have a joke about infidelity, yeah. but it's not remotely about me catching the person. Or the yeah, person it's just a different me. one. It's just like a, it's, but it's still infidelity. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But now, I could see where it's disrespectful. Of like, say, for example, a comic who is way more successful steals one of my jokes. Then it's like, come on, man! Like, do you, you did that on purpose. Like, do you really have to take? Do you really have to take my jokes? It's like you, you, you're way, you're way more developed than I am. Why are you taking my joke? You know, and I get where that. Yeah, that because I feel I understand how that gets with because I know, you know, Joe Rogan had a big deal about this with you know Carlos, and I understand why he had it because the thing is, is like the dude had a comedy special show, he had all this stuff, mm-hmm. and he'd be taking jokes from smaller comics, and that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-mm. No, it's, it's, it's lazy. Yes. You know, 
Alright, so where in have you performed? I know you've performed in Thick Skins, which I know I'm going to try to go and get into Monday. Yeah. But what, where else have you performed, like, um, city-wise and places like that? Well, it's it's the only three cities I've been to that right now have been Colorado Springs, Denver, and Pueblo. Um, yeah, I, I was at uh, Comedy Works, and... Um, but that's like the biggest, the biggest place that I've been in right now. Yeah. Um, I I want to go everywhere, um, but before I do things, the more more of that, yeah. like I wanna, I wanna be able to carry some weight. If that makes sense, because that's a that's a tough game up there. What in Denver? Yeah. Yeah, I've been. You know when the yeah. because yeah, there's more saturation there, but the good is good. Oh yeah, the good is very good. I remember I was. I was at Three Kings in Denver, and it was, it was, like, packed. Like, I mean, there was, like, at least 150 or 200 people in there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I just remember going there, and it being, like, I was getting, la- I was getting laughs, but it was, like, I'm trying to think. It was, like, when we were at, remember when we used to do Finish Line? It was, like, Finish Line. Mm-hmm. Like, people, the, there was nothing but comics, but they didn't care. Like, you might have had a few chuckles here and there, but... It was like just as empty as finish line, even though it was more crowded. Because that, that's not what they were there for. Oh yeah. I see what you mean, and that's how how do you how do you recover from that? Mm. Like how do you pull how do you pull the attention back? If with me, it's a little like it depends. Like sometimes, like I remember, if we're gonna talk about different areas, I I, I know when I was in like certain areas, like certain cities, like Denver. I was literally what I do is I pick one person from the crowd and who's listening, and those are the people. Those are the people who I interact with. Mm-hmm. Like I do that with Bar K sometimes because you know I bring up. A, I usually try to pick people and I'm like, hey, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? And it's like, oh, Texas. It's like, oh, fuck. The thing I hate about Texas is they're like vegans. They always tell me they're from fucking Texas, just like New York, you know. It's said like that. Whereas if I'm in a different area, like for example, I've been in Boulder. I've done it in Boulder. And Boulder is a lot like Manitou, you know. They're very um, college hippie and you know i'm a i'm like the wrong person to be there because i'm very right wing so i gotta i gotta establish that i'm an asshole when i'm there because the thing is i'm okay with people being like i'm okay with like i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a quote from like one from anthony Justin. i am okay with gasps and other shit just because the thing is it's like at least i'm getting a reaction Right. But like, if say for example, there's some times where you just can't get a crowd like back. Like I remember, yeah. there was fuck, where was this place? I know. I'm trying to think of a venue. Like there's a couple venues where, like I'll use Bar K again just because I was ta- talking about that. I remember Bar K. People were talking. I just couldn't get a hold of people, so I just was kept going. And I just again, I just if I can't get a whole crowd. I know I can get at least one or two people. If I can right. get one or two people, that is fine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because usually I can start the start the chain again. Yeah, but how do you do? How do you get the crowd back? Because again, you're little. You're a lot different than I am when it comes to comedy. Yeah, I do. I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, I focus on a couple of people. Um, sometimes, depending on the room, if yeah. I know that it's a, a room that's pretty chill. Um, Sometimes I just yell. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not to be irritating, but like it's just 
when I can tell when you're done. Yeah. And if you don't even have one or two, like I finish the things that I want to practice with. Yeah. And if I can't corral a single person, then usually I will just engage with the entire room. Yeah. And I will just make one rounding statement. And a lot of the time that does pull their attention because I get one person to hear the one-off thing that I said. And then I bring them back. But you're right. There's some there's some rooms you just can't. Yeah. Like and and I'm I'm practicing and one day I will. Yeah. Because I know that there's some comedians who can just no matter how stone dead the room is they, they grab that attention. attention. Yeah, like I've seen it with like Lloyd and like Matt. You know, but yeah. the, the, then again they've been doing it longer than us. Like I think mm-hmm. Matt is like the closest to us and he's done it like three is three years like almost three times as long as you and. Mm-hmm. A, little, a lot more than three times longer. That's phenomenal. Yeah. He is a jackass, but he is phenomenal. Yeah, that's something. He's 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 sharp. He's oh, yeah. funny. Um, he's actually not nearly as much of an asshole as he makes people think he is. Oh yeah. Oh, trust me, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with him. He's, but he's he's. I'm usually the he's guy that. I'm usually, I usually ride with him to go to shows because we live close to each other now. Word. And he, like, even when I have a bad show, he'll, he'll talk shit, but he'll give me advice on what I need to work on. And I really do appreciate him saying, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop sucking his dick because, you know, he's not, he has a big head. He does, but he, I think that he's a good, he's a good example of a person who knows what they bring to the table. Oh, yeah. And talks shit in a way that because he knows he already knows he's good oh yeah and like and, the, and he did he has that right to know because i know yeah uh mark brennan if you guys don't know who he is he's a guy who voiced a couple actors he voiced a couple characters in dragon ball z he's a comic mm-hmm. in colorado springs and he every time he sees matt he always tries to make matt do one of his shows like either feature or something like that because the thing is he sees that t- he sees that matt's good mm-hmm. and that's hopefully i can I'm not trying to be comparing me like, oh, I want to be as good, but hopefully I can get somewhat like him yeah. when I'm in three years from now. No, that is not a, a bad goal, yeah. right? You want to you want to be able to have those thing, same things offered to yeah. you because of your your the quality of your work. Like, yeah. and it's it's good to see that that the comics when when you do work really really hard and you oh. get there, like it's good to watch that. I think it's good to want that. Um, I think it's. It's a problem when it's why didn't I get? That? Oh yeah, and I, I see, yeah I see that with some comics. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not gonna say any names, but I know there's some that are like, oh, I, like say, oh, I don't understand why Leslie got this show. Well, Leslie's a great comic, you know, and stuff like that. She she's new, but she's still a great comic. It's like, oh well, I probably could have done better. It's like, well, maybe, but she got off of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still some comics where I know I, there's some showcases where I know they do. I won't ever go to those because the thing is it's like one I only got like a few months left I got like a month left here mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about that but the thing is every time I see a comic even comics who have been doing it less time than me I'm still like hey good for them they need it they deserve right? it right because you know? they reached a goal of theirs yeah. just like you're reaching goals of yours and I think that I think that a lot of people they kind of close their minds off you know and instead of seeing those things as inspiration to do the best that you can do, you know, and I think, I think there is something to like blending the old school mindset to the new school mindset, right? Like, cause the old school mindset is, it is competitive, right? Oh yeah. Like it is, it is quite ruthless. You need to take what's yours and you need to bring your best to the table, right? But that new mindset also is like nobody, you have to bring the best of you to the table. 
you you can't compare yourself to the other person which is not really accompanying of that old mindset but as long as you are you are figuring out the things that you need to fix hmm. you will be fine but don't worry about what they are doing and i've realized that with like older like some like colorado springs is i mean colorado as itself is weird because mm-hmm. the thing is we're kind of like we're kind of like in the middle because i've seen people like i've heard interviews from people from you know that are West Coast comments, they're like, "Hey, yeah, I'm very proud of so and of Burkrasher stuff like that." They're very, they're like all friends. But then you have comics like older comics like Larry um, Clark, I think. Yeah, I think that's the guy I'm thinking about. Whatever. But he's and you get to hear them. They're like, "Oh, I can't believe that guy got a show." Fucking, and you can kind of tell that it's starting to be a little more like, like for example, you and me, we're friends, right? Like, I'm proud of I'm proud that you got a sh- that you got a show, and I'm proud that you've gotten better because you. you've gotten a lot better since you know I've seen you. For sure. And I feel Thank like, you. and I hopefully I've gotten a little better. I guess a little bit. Yes. A little bit. Yes. And I think that that's that's something that we don't a, a lot of comics don't do. I wouldn't say no. like we as a collective, but I think a lot of comics don't do. Um, you know, yeah, I'm gonna say we as a collective. Oh yeah. Um, like we don't really we don't really see and celebrate the other's success. Oh yeah. You know, where um, sometimes it is go- good to go to a show or an open mic that's not yours, yeah. you know, to see how well you progress. Because like, I enjoy that. I enjoy that piece of, like, watching like watching you work on a joke for so long and then you finally executing it or you finally doing oh, yeah. a show. And, like, because it's, it's good to see that, you know? The, thing, the only thing that I hate about doing new jokes is I still have jokes that I've worked on. I'm still working on that I'm not gonna do until I feel like I can word it a certain way. Me too. You know, like there's some jokes like, um, I know I've done it one time at Bar K, I have a joke about, you know, my ex-wife being Korean. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there's a word in Korean, it's the word for you, it sounds a lot like the N-word. Mm-hmm. And I wanna be able to work it a certain way just because the fact is I don't want, you know, to come off like, sign, like dude from Seinfeld, you know? Right. You know, I don't wanna come off like right. that because the thing is like, I'm a strong believer in freedom of speech, but I also understand like I've seen, I've said fucked up or I've said fucked up shit, but I want to be able to say whatever I want, but I want to be able to go to like Club Tilt and be able to say that joke there and have the same reaction and there and that I would have at Oscar Blues. Yeah. You know, cuz and that's what I really work on cuz the thing kinda, is kind of kind of how um Johnny Johnny Hopeless has his yeah. his necrophilia yeah. joke where it that that was beautiful. <laughs> like I love that joke, just because the thing yes. is, it's like, it. Could, I like I know that joke could work at a club, like at a black club. I know that joke could work, and maybe not at maybe not with the Sons of Silence because you know they might actually say it. But <laughs> oh, they totally would. <laughs> yeah, but it would still be it would still work, and that's what I want to do. Because the thing is, is like my favorite thing. And I know this is gonna this is gonna sound fucked, but this, my favorite thing is when I go to a club where I'm the minority. And I still do my set, and I still make people laugh. Because the thing, if I, the thing I've realized about comedy fans mm-hmm. is sometimes they're very. Do you have your fucking name tag at your at work name tag? Yeah, I did. What the hell? Off. I forgot to take off. Did you go to work today? I did. I oh, did okay, work. okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, because I was on the phone with this lady. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. I was yeah. like, I thought you were talking about you moving and stuff. But anyway, no. where was I? But yeah, like I've realized with a lot of co- comic comedian, like fans of comedy, it's like, even if they're like, "Oh, I'm not racist," you're still a little biased about certain things, you know. Well, and like it's because you, it's it's kind of like um, 
and I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent. It's kind of like, it's like experiences. Like say, for example, I'm not a, I'm not a black, I'm not a black woman. I don't know how it feels to be a black woman. So I'm not going to be, so if you say something about you, your culture, you being a woman, you being black, I'm not going to, I'm going to be like, I don't, I don't fuck, I don't fucking get it. Right. Well, and like all of our experiences are different. Yeah. Right. Like. Because, yes, I am a mixed-race woman, yeah. right? But I don't understand what it's like to be a mixed-race woman in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I don't understand what it's like to be a mixed-race woman in California. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't understand those things. Yeah. Like, I know what it's like to be a mixed-race woman in, in Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah. Like, I know, I know those kinds of experiences. And even in Colorado, like, say, for example, I've been... I'm not gonna count Fountain, but I've been in like four other, I've done open mics in four other cities. Right. And I can tell you, be, doing it in Boulder is different than doing it in, in Denver. Yes. And different than doing it in Colorado Springs. Yes. And definitely different than, than Pueblo. Very different, right? Well, that's because they're crackheads. <laughs> uh, uh, Pueblo's something else, yeah. man. Well, and I think it's also like, it's, it's, very, it's very different in what kind of venue that's Oh, yeah. Right, because there's certain spaces that are more tolerant of certain things oh, than yeah. others, regardless of whether or not it's a primarily white room or primarily Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Room. No, like, I'm, like, I got you. Like, again, it's like, yeah. Barquet's, like, right down the road, and so is Oscar Blues. Mm-hmm. I can do the same, I can do jokes at Oscar Blues, and it would kill, but I can do the same jokes at Barquet, right. and they'd be like, ah, whatever. But then again, it's also, it's also more, that... Barquet's more of a like local, like they have like they have regulars, right? You know, and that's something right. I've noticed is like, when, like last time I went to Barquet, I did a lot. Of, I did, I think I did one old joke, and I think it was my Steve joke because I did the whole, you know, you know, would make more jokes, but the thing is that she's, they can't find the body, right? Right, right. And the I thing love is, that joke and so then much. and then I got into my girl, me and my girlfriend's dog. Right. And how I wanted to kill the dog, and people gasped. And was like, oh, so I can talk about killing my wife, y'all laugh. Yeah, but I can't talk, talk about, about killing a dog, you weirdos. And I remember I was talking to Brittany about. It. She's like, yeah, I love that joke. And I was like, yeah, because it's like the Independence Day. Right. You know, it's but it's a right. new thing, and you got to do new jokes when you go to places where there's regulars. I've right. noticed. Right. I haven't gone to Barcade nearly as much as I should. Well, yeah. it's it's a good venue. Like I actually enjoy that venue. It's actually one of my favorite places to go. Like if I yeah. can only if I do two shows and not two shows. I would probably go to Bar K and Oscar Blues, just because yeah. I haven't done an open mic at, t- at Club Tilt because I live so much further away now. Right, and that's and I'm there often. Yeah. Um, I love that room. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I love that room is there is no interpretation of whether or not you are funny or not. Oh yeah. Um, and I love that they they still show you love even if you are not funny. Oh yeah, and the thing is like, I never did the open mic. But I did the showcase with Nene and Delgado, yeah. and I remember I did that room, and I actually felt like I was a comic. That was like the first time I felt. That wasn't even my first yes. showcase. I actually felt like a comic at that show. Shout out to Big Al for TV. Oh yeah. Slaying all of that because it's a, it's a it's a good community room, oh, yeah. and that's what I like about it. I like I like um, Barque is similar to that, oh, yeah. where it's a it's a good community room. I think um, depending on how 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 much traffic is in Oscar Blues, it can be that way too. Yeah. But I like that rooms like that. Um, I, I 
I always tell people like if you're gonna they say like I wanna I wanna go to one of your shows. Yeah. If if you wanna go to one of your shows that's fine, but like the open mics are different. Because those are the three rooms where like all of the comedians are together. Yeah. And we're all talking and we're all shooting shit. We're getting our jokes ready, we're rolling through it and like that's a different kind of vibe. And the thing I like another thing I like about that is you know the reason why I like those two rooms the best, again, I've never, I don't go to Till just because I live, it takes me 40 minutes to get there. Yeah, that's far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I just, that's the reason why I don't go there. Mm-hmm. But I like going to those two rooms, like those two rooms, because the thing is, it's like, even if, like, if you go to, an, I'm not, if you go to other mics, like, I'm not going to talk, I'm not talking shit when I say this, but if you go to other mics, like Gold Camp on Wednesdays, I like going to that room just because the thing is, it has a stage, but mm-hmm. the thing is, it's a room full of comics who have heard your stuff. Right, and and it's it's quiet. It's, it's quiet. It's so, a, it, and that that's a good room to like if you were just practicing stage presence yeah, or just that's how a, you're yeah. saying it. Great room. But if you're trying to test something to see if it's funny, funny. a lot of the time there's just it's just too quiet. Yeah, that's how I feel about um, Zodiac because I don't go to Zodiac anymore. Just I've actually it, never been to the Zodiac. I, it's a good room if you want to work out longer time, mm-hmm. but I don't really feel like it's a good room to, if you want to work on stuff to see if it's funny. Because the thing is, okay. if you're not there, all right, I just realized how much time we did. We did about an hour or so. Let's see. What were we talking about before? We were talking about, like, we got into, I forgot what we were talking. This shows I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm old. I don't remember either. I know we were talking about some random stuff, but all right. So, there's any final things you want to talk about before we go? Like, how much you, like is your, sh- your show? Like, is it like how much are the tickets? Oh, so um, advance tickets fifteen dollars, twenty dollars at the door. Okay. Um, now you can reserve a table. Okay. Okay. If you want a four seater, it's twenty five. But if you want an eight seater, it's forty. Okay. So yeah, um, it's gonna be super fun. Super excited. Um, address is 2338 South Academy Boulevard. Okay. Colorado Springs. Is there any other shows you plan on doing? Anything you plan on doing with, like within the next year? Because this year is almost over. For sure. Um, my podcast comes out on December 1st. Okay. Um, that's Salty Thoughts with the Salty Influence. Okay. Um, so look out for that. All righty. Um, and then I'm just going to be causing trouble. So. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, that was, Le- well, that was Leslie Fox, and y'all have a good night.